Yeah! All right, here we go. Friday, 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 Friday. Houston and Vegas is the spot. Willie Ramirez, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar Inside. TI, 55-plus TVs, great happy hour on Friday. You got the sportsbook open. If they're not open, you got the kiosks there. Excellent menu. Highly recommend uh, two different Loco Mocos. Adam Hill is here in H-Town. We're on Radio Row, Westwood One's Radio Row. Thanks to uh, Paul Padalaw and Finley Subaru and Subaru of Las Vegas for helping us get out here. I'm not going to waste, not that I'm wasting time, but I'm going to get right to this because th- this is the way things work, Willie. Mm. A little while ago, we had a chance to sit down with Bill Walton, and he was going station to station. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw some other guys. Walton sits down. He just starts. And, yes. and I'm looking at some of the, the other guys. And I'm like, what is going on here? And Adam and I are like, uh, yeah, that's what he does. So Bill Walton sits down with us. Go ahead, Bill. This is Adam, and there's either Steve or Holden. I'm not sure, yes. quite sure. Nice, nice. But uh, Charlie... Charlie, he, he tells me that he's uh, he's I your know. grandfather. Uh, pretty much, <laughs> you got yeah. your you got your started here in he's, this. He's business. my mentor. He's like oh, four right. years older than me. He's my mentor. I love Las Vegas. I love Charlie as well. But to be here in Houston right now, I mean, this is this is like being in Maui. The weather is just perfect. Everybody's yep. just so happy. <laughs> the, the the way that they built this place up right around the Discovery Green there, where I'm sure that I saw Lewis and Clark this morning, and how fantastic <laughs> it was. But to have this George Brown Convention Center right here, fabulous. On one end is the baseball park, and at the other end is the NBA arena. And so you got everything happened in these fabulous hotels surrounding the Discovery Green. And you got the music festival going on. You've got the Hall of Fame ceremonies here. And you've got the dinner tonight. You got the Naismith Awards dinner and all the different things that are going on, the Fan Fest and I'm just the luckiest guy in the world to be a part of it here at Westwood One Radio. Yeah, there's nothing better than college basketball. And by the way, the, the wall is finally down. I think we're getting a Final Four. Our wall in Vegas, I think we're getting a Final Four in 2028. It's about time. What are we waiting for? I mean, Las Vegas, <laughs> now that is a special yes, place. Yes. I love Las Vegas. And it, it's just so beautiful because, you know, you, you've got all the... You've got all the the business side of Las Vegas, but I love nature. I love the wonders of nature and life. And to have Lake Mead, what's left of it, the yeah. Colorado River, what's left of it. You got Death Valley, you got Ash Meadows, you got the Ring of Fire, Valley of Fire, excuse me. You got the the mountain bike trail over there, and you got Calico Basin, and you've got Red Rock National Monument. You got the spring spring mountain state park and you got blue diamond and the water just bubbling up out of the ground there in what? death valley and it's all just perfect get ready for this one bill I, no, no. get ready I get love ready las get ready. vegas yeah. well i don't really like i, I think nature's stupid but here's the thing <laughs> he's okay. uh, we've never been any of those places no, I feel, one of us. we don't go outside i feel like you could do that for any city you are you're no. an encyclopedia well oh that part i i've been on the intergalactic stage since I was 15 years old. And so I've been going all around and I, and I love, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. But to be able to experience and, have, and to have the, the joys and, and values and the things that I like in my life being shown those by my parents as a child and then ultimately by all the other master teachers that I've been able to choose along the way and now to end up right here in Houston. Yeah, because the Houston Rockets, right, the NBA team just over here, they were in San Diego before they came here. They were in San Diego from 67, 1967 to I think 1971. 
And so all those early Rocket teams of Jim Barnett, Pat Riley, Don Coges, John Block, Elvin Hayes, Calvin Murphy, Rudy Tomjanovich, Stu Lance, all guys who were in the Hall of Fame, still active in the NBA. Those were my guys at the very beginning. And so, and they're still my guys today. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Adam, it looks like you want to say something. I do. Uh, I feel like I feel like we're going to bounce around a lot, but I think that's cool with you. I think you're, you're good with just bouncing around. I love bouncing off the wall. I, I will tell you this, and I hope it's it's a compliment to what you do. But Say I whatever watch, you want. I will watch any college basketball game that's ever existed. I'll, I'll If you if you give me a game, I'll watch it. Yeah, that just happens. He loves it. But... I have an uncle who I, I spent a lot of time with him. I couldn't really get him into college basketball. I tried to pit, hey, watch this. I finally got him hooked by saying, you have to watch a game with Bill Walton calling it. It will change everything about it. <laughs> and now he'll call me and say, oh, really? Bill Walton's on, Bill Walton's on. I'm like, I, I know. I'm watching. I'm watching. I get it. You have to hear that a lot from people who may not be totally into the game, but they can watch you do a game. I grew up in a non-athletic household. Neither one of my parents until the day they died, ever had any interest in sports at all. But I was so fortunate in my life to have just this great coach at the very beginning, eight years old, and then from him to finding Chick Hearn on the radio when I was nine years old, and then to have John Wooden to find him when I was 11 or 12 years old, and that, that was my life. And so... Those guys were just so interesting, and they always had so much substance to talk about here. And so that, as, as I have made the transition, hopefully, if you can call it that, into, <laughs> into whatever it is that I do, I just can never, never move beyond the life that I've been given because sports gave me hope, opportunity, and purpose. And then through sports, primarily basketball, but really all sports, the, uh, I have added pride, loyalty, and gratitude, and the appreciation, respect, and acknowledgement that I have and that I live for all the people who have gone before me. And here in Houston, you know, you, Elvin Hayes, Don Chaney, Guy Lewis, and all the different guys from the Houston Cougars from back in the 60s when they would go head-to-head with UCLA every year in the Final Four. It was just absolutely fantastic. And to see Elvin, what he's done with his life, and Clyde Drexler now, and I'll be doing lots of corporate hospitality with Clyde Drexler all weekend long. Nice. Akeem Olajuwon. I mean, all these fantastic people. Yao Ming. It's an endless list. <laughs> Rudy Tomjanovich. And it's just uh, so lucky and to have it all come together with the NCAA tournament. Bill Walton's with us, Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. You got paid a really good compliment yesterday by Steve Fisher, and I know you're very close to the San Diego State program. Yes. And, and Steve Fisher, talking about the build back in the 2000s, actually mentioned you and your son as a big part of the program and getting your son to come in and, and then having your support was massive. I love Steve Fisher, and what he's done is similar to what Mark Few has done in Gonzaga and what Lute Olson did in Arizona. Now, Sean Miller's carried it over at Arizona, and now Tommy Lloyd. Fred Snowden at the beginning, just before Lute had a huge role there, too. But what Steve Fisher did in taking a, a, a non-existent program in 1999, 24 years ago, he comes to San Diego, and there's nothing going on there. And to see now the Aztecs, uh, one of the three great programs in terms of business-wise on the West Coast, Gonzaga, Arizona, and San Diego State. And if you've ever been to a game at Viejas Arena, there Viejas, one of the Kumeyaay tribes of uh, Native American Indians who have this fabulous arena right in the center of campus there. 
and, and, and to see it so filled. Now, UCLA is trying to get to that level. UCLA, for the first time in seemingly forever this year, with Mick Cronin revitalizing the program, bringing it back from the dead. But UCLA is now selling its own tickets, which is what Gonzaga, Arizona, and San Diego State do. They sell out their arenas regardless of the opposition. Now UCLA is just trying to get back there and rebuild the first great fan base in the history of college basketball. But San Diego State, the campus itself is one mile one mile west of our family home. You could see from our house, from the living room and the dining room and the kitchen, you could see across the valley. You could see San Diego State. My mom went to San Diego State, class of 1947. Steve Fisher, when he came there, one of his first moves was to recruit our youngest son, Chris. And Chris became the team captain on Steve Fisher's first teams there. And while Chris was at San Diego State, he met his college sweetheart, now his wife, Gina. She was the captain of the women's soccer team. And now they have three of our 14 grandchildren. And Chris and Gina are flying in as we speak. As we speak, they're coming in right now and they're going to celebrate the wonders of nature and life in this incredible atmosphere, electric eclectic and, and 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 to see the happiness and the joy now we got we have Lori and i we've got a, a, a lot of colleges we root for because we've got a, <laughs> a we've got a handful of children there so we you know harvard and lsu sadly they didn't make the tournament but the lsu women are in the final four against south carolina tonight and then princeton you got a princeton guy and the joy I hope you had Mitch Henderson we did. on. He was awesome. He's, so Mitch and our son Nate were teammates. And they in their years together, they went to three NCAA tournaments in four years. They beat you guys. Yes, in 86. Yeah. Nate was there as a, as a high school senior. We, he, we encouraged him to go back there for the Final Four. Uh, in, or no, that was the first round of the tournament. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, even yeah. the Final yeah, Four. Yeah, yeah. And then we've got a, a daughter that went to UCLA. My wife, Lori, and I, we both went to UCLA. Arizona, we got a son that went to Arizona. When Arizona and Princeton played in the first round this year, the rivalry, the trash-talking oh, yeah. between Nate and Luke was just out, off the charts over the top. And then Chris goes to San Diego State. So it's all just fantastic. And some of our best friends, you know, San Diego is just a wonderful community and very loyal. So guys like Chris Marlowe is now 19 years the broadcaster for the Denver Nuggets. Mike Dodd, a Hall of Fame beach volleyball player. Both of them were basketball and volleyball players there. San Diego State has one NCAA championship in the entire school's history, one. And that was the volleyball championship of 1973 anchored by Chris Marlowe. Yeah, the Hall of Famer. And right now, though, we're coming in, and the, the challenge is going to be can FAU and Miami beat a physically superior team? And th- that is the ultimate challenge because so often at the highest levels of competition, the teams are relatively equal physically in terms of natural gifts, you know, size, strength, muscles, development. But And, and then it comes down to skill. But now you have the added challenge for Miami, not a deep team, coming up against UConn, which has got a lot. And then you've got FAU. But FAU has proved. I mean, FAU beat Tennessee. 
FAU beat K-State. And that was incredibly impressive because it looked like K-State was on their way. And then now Miami, which continues to fall behind in the first half by seemingly (laughs) immeasurable and calculable and and, uh, impossible to overcome disadvantage. And then they come back and they win the games going away. So they're incredibly resilient, which is part of being a performing star. What I love most about uh, um, Miami is that they play offense. And offense wins. Yeah. And so when you got Pack and Wong and Miller, Mr. Perfection out there, and Bensley Joseph, I mean, these guys can really play. But a huge key for Miami going up against UConn will be the play of Poplar, who's very undersized for a front court player, but magnificent. And then you got Omir, who's also very undersized. And you're talking about going up against Sonogo and Caravan and yeah. Kling in there, and then Andre Jackson. Andre Jackson, one of the few guys at the collegiate level who plays above the rim, and he's only 6'6", but he, you know, he's constantly elbow high on the rim. He's, he's attacking. It, it, it's, a, it's a thing of beauty to watch him play basketball. So we got one more. we got a minute yeah. left. Not enough time, been, but Bill Walton's with I us. I can say hello. So, <laughs> so San Diego State being in the Final Four, we get hit by this, right? Because we cover UNLV. I'm on the beat for UNLV. Right. And San Diego State, you mentioned the physicality, and you got to be a certain team to beat them. UNLV has now lost 20 of 22 against San San Diego Diego State, yeah. Right. Well, it's pretty crazy. My dad went to Cal, right? UCLA had a 52-game winning streak against Cal. So get in line. (laughs) Not that bad. (laughs) Yeah, so, but we're hopeful that... UNLV gets it going again. And there's, you know, there's so many things going on in Las Vegas. It looks like baseball's coming to Las Vegas. I hope we have enough water. And then you have a situation. We do too. Uh, you know, the, the Raiders, the Aces, and, and then T-Mobile, and the Sphere coming online. With the people at MGM, the way they host us every year, the Pac-12 Conference of Champions, the tournament, it, it's just spectacular. I want to pay particular uh, gratitude to those people who make our dreams come true. And it's so many things going on here, and we just want UNLV. You would think, you, would, you know, with, with recruiting and NIL being such a part of basketball and sports, college sports today, that everything would come together for UNLV. I love Jerry Tarkanian. I first met Jerry Tarkanian when I was, I think, 15 years old. And Jerry, he was coaching at Pasadena City College. (laughs) And Jerry comes comes to our high school. And I'm walking out of the gym after practice one day. And I'm trying to get to my car. And Jerry's blocking me. There's, every day there was this huge crowd of college coaches when I'm 15, a sophomore year in, in high school. And, and I'm trying to get through, and I can't talk. I'm a lifelong stutterer. And Jerry won't let me go around him. He just keeps stepping in front of me. And he starts poking me in the chest. And he says, Bill, my name is Jerry Tarkanian, and I'm the basketball coach. I had no idea who he was. And he said, I'm the basketball coach at Pasadena City College. I kind of shrugged because I couldn't talk. And he said, Bill, I'm here to recruit you to come and play for me at Pasadena City College. I shrugged again. And he says, Bill, the word on the street is that you're going to play for Johnny Wooden at UCLA. And I just lit up because that was my dream and that was my goal. So Jerry poking me in the chest and he says, Bill, I'm here to tell you right now, this guy, Johnny Wooden, he's a flash in the pan. (laughs) You come to Pasadena City College and play for me and I'll make you into a real player. The rest is history. When Jerry Tarkinian was finally allowed into the Basketball Hall of Fame, tragically, 
They waited. They forced him to wait till he was almost dead. I'm just ashamed and embarrassed. And they finally let him in. When they made the announcement, Jerry called me up. He said, Bill, would you be my presenter for the Basketball Hall of Fame? I am the luckiest guy in the world. Las Vegas, yeah, the Final Four is coming there. 2028, right? And and the women in, what, next year? Women 2024? Yeah. It's happening, man. The dream is alive. (laughs) We've made it. Las Vegas. Yeah, I just finished reading Winner Takes All. Oh, my goodness. Christina Binkley. Phenomenal. Jack Sheehan, all his books. So much to learn. So little time. Thank you for my life, guys. Holden? Adam? Yeah. (laughs) Holden. So much to learn. So little time. We didn't have enough time with Bill Walton. He could have gone on for hours. That was freaking awesome. Uh, His spot today and our spot on Radio Row with Westwood One is brought to you by Warner, the official ladder of NCAA Madness and the official ladder of construction professionals everywhere. Reach new heights with Warner. Available locally at Fasteners, Inc. Come hang with Cofield and Company at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Free parking, great food and drink specials, and giveaways. Every Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. Right now, Final Four for the women. VTech just went on a big run, took a lead on LSU. Four and a half minutes left in the third quarter. They play quarters in women's college basketball, but VTech's up 51-43 to on uh, Kim Mulkey and uh, Reese, their star player. Eight-point lead, four minutes left in the third. I wanted to talk a little college football today, so uh, they were nice enough to bring in Dana Holgerson, who runs the Houston Cougars, and he made a bold move a few years ago, leaving West Virginia to come to Houston, but I think there was a vision that they were going to make Power 5 and they had a lot of money behind the program. Uh, we talked to him just a little while ago, and you know, I mentioned the whole portal thing, right? We we're talking about college basketball in the portal. You realize the portal is going to reopen here after spring practice and football, and there's going to be a whole slew of players to uh, be leaving programs and then be available to other programs and started out the conversation with Dana Holgerson, the coach of Houston, uh, just talking about, hey, it's a third recruiting period on the way. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody knows what, what it's going to look like, honestly. You know, we, we, we practice here in about five hours, you know, so <laughs> we're going to be out there uh, this, this evening practicing. I, I think all the time about, you know, how, how, how do we practice? You know, I don't, I don't know if we should, you know, crank this thing up and make it competitive because if guys lose battles, they may get disappointed and leave, you know. So if we practice them too hard... They may get mad and they may leave, you know. But you know, you say a third recruiting period. I, I, I don't. I don't think there's a third. I think there's one. I think it's year round, you know. So uh, you got to be careful on how it is. It, it, it's strictly free agency at this point, you know. We got literally ten spots that we're recruiting to right now, you know. And if, if guys, if guys enter the portal here in the next couple of weeks, then you're just going to add to that, you know. So um, I just think recruiting never ends and. Um, it, it's strictly free agency at this point. Coach, spent some time at Texas Tech. I know that I, you spent some time with Coach Leach. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable guy, the stories and all. What, tell us a great story about Coach Leach when you were working for him. Well, she's, I mean, this goes back 32 <laughs> years, you know. So um, when I was a young kid growing up in Iowa, um, you know, was fortunate to play for Hal Mummy and Mike Leach at Iowa Wesleyan College. That just kind of got my start. Um, you know, the, the air raid was invented at that point. Um, you know, and the air raid was really good to me for 20 some years. And, uh, you know, it's, um, there, there ain't a whole lot of 
air raid going on anymore. You know, it's just really it's 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 kind of a it's a it was a, a, a two decade trend that was very good to a mm. lot of people. Um, in in and Mike was the pirate man. I mean, he was the guy that that just wouldn't let it go. Uh, you know, doing it in the SEC for three years uh, was was impressive. Wow, you know, what he did at what he did at Texas Tech was is historic. Um, you know, what he did at Washington State was very respectable. Um, but having an opportunity to do it in the SEC and, and, and to be successful um, and go to bowl games and win bowl games was was was, was impressive. Um, and a whole lot of people doing it anymore. Yeah. You know, it's just it's uh, it's it was it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was uh, it was good to us for for twenty some years. Um, but you, you, the defenses will 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 they know how to defend that at this point. You guys have both coached in Power Five, so you know what the funding's like. The difference, right? And you guys are right on the verge of getting in. Um, how much of a difference is the funding going to make? Because you have, you have good funding. Certainly, uh, Tillman Fertitta is a, a great backer. But how much of a difference does it make to a football program to be yeah. in a conference like the Big 12? I'd tell you in three years. Right? <laughs> you know, so, right? you know, let's go back to 2011 when I was at West Virginia. We were Big East. Um, you know, our, our revenue was probably $2.5 million. Uh, it was probably a three- or four-year lead-in. To the to the Big Twelve to where you know that that money went from two point five to five to ten to twenty to now probably forty or whatever it is. So um, you know it's it's happening here at Houston. But the the thing that you know when I left West Virginia to come to Houston, I was like, look, I'm I'm coming. I do this, but we're gonna we're gonna be treated like a Power Five team. And what our salaries were, what our budget was, was Power Five. You know that was. You know, it, it's the benefit of having Tillman be the, the the chairman of the board. It's like, look, man, if you want to get there, you better act like you're there now. So, um, you know, we we've been acting like that for the last four years since I've been here, and um, you know, it, it's it's different. Okay, so uh, you know, but it's you know th- this this June, um, you know, when we're, or July one, uh, you know, when we go uh, power five, when we're, we're actually Big Twelve, that money ain't coming for another two or three years. You know, right. so it's going to be a little bit of a relief for the university, you know, so they're not going to have to fund us like they're funding us right now. And then, you know, and then there's, uh, you know, the teams that are coming in when you host TCU, you host Texas, you host West Virginia, you host Oklahoma State, mm. you host uh, Cincinnati. Those crowds are going to look a little different, you know, mm, and so sure. that, that's immediate revenue for, for our institution, which is huge. What's it like working with a, a big benefactor like Tillman Fertitta? We're very familiar with him in Vegas. Well, his cousins are big characters in Vegas. They're, they're big casino owners. Tillman owns a Golden Nugget. He actually just bought a piece of property right in the middle of the Strip. He's going to build a high-rise there, which is going to be oh, wow. spectacular, right at Harmon Corner across from Aria next to Planet Hollywood. Um, I've interviewed him before. Um, interesting guy, and obviously he's super successful. So what's he like to kind of have around the program? Just knowledge. You know, just his presence is unbelievable. I mean, he's an awesome guy. I've known him for a long time. Um, you know, that, that piece of property is going to be pretty spectacular i don't know if you've been to the post oak here in houston so you know his his uh his hotel here in, in the city is is pretty spectacular i mean it's a five-star hotel i mean just you go in there and you look at that and just imagine that times 10 on the strip you know with the casino in in in, in the in the basement it's going to be it's going to be pretty spectacular but just you know i mean his knowledge is incredible his uh, you know his presence is is felt um, you know, just when he walks into the room, people, they, they look and they, they learn. And he's a, he's a great ambassador for the University of Houston. I feel like in a lot of ways, um, 
Las Vegas, I mean, we're a much smaller city than Houston, but kind of growing up, you know, by leaps and bounds, what's it like for you in terms of getting, you know, the fan interest? Because you, you need that. Um, because you're competing against a lot. I mean, obviously, UNLV is really trying to build. It's been a tough time. They're, they're competing against a lot as well. Yeah, they're, they're competing more and more with the professional sports mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Who, who, who knew that there was going to be a uh, NFL franchise in, in Vegas? Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I hear basketball's coming. I hear baseball's coming. You know, so is going to have to deal with that, which we deal with that all the time. Um, I just think it's name recognition. It's, it's conference recognition, you know, more than anything. Um, you know, our attendance has not been great. Uh, our season tickets has not been great. Um, you know, and Kelvin's been dealing with this in basketball for the last, he's been here nine years. And, uh, you know, the last four years has been pretty spectacular, but the first five years were mm. pretty below average. But he built it, right? And so I'm going into year five right now, and we've been building it, and COVID kind of kicked us in the rear a little bit um, and set us back a little bit. But uh, it just takes time. But there's that, there's the, the who you're playing uh, matters as right. well. So I, I think our season tickets are up about like ten thousand right now. That's great. Um, so we're we're it's going to come. It's going to happen. Um, you know we got a, a two hundred million dollar facility that that we're building right now. That's going to be in the the parking lot and in the in the stadium. <laughs> so when that happens, I mean that's it's, it's everything's going to keep getting better. Dan Holgerson, Houston coach, is here with us. Last forty five seconds. I wanted to ask you, and I don't even know how you feel about this because the the end with De'Ara King was a little bit weird. Um, but we have an XFL team. He's playing in the XFL. I think he's an NFL player. He might be a slash. He can play in the NFL, right? Maybe not a quarterback, but he's certainly a jack of all trades. Yeah, we, we actually talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, I was, you know, when he went to Miami, I was happy for him. I mean, he you know had an opportunity to go and 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 be a, a, a every down player at quarterback. Um, I watched him there. The first XFL game that I watched this season because I'm kind of busy right now. Yeah, yeah. All this stuff. So is. <laughs> You know, I think he's with the uh, Defenders. Um, I think he's Jersey. I think he's in Jersey. Um, uh, they were playing the the Roughnecks here uh, in Houston, right? Houston's got a good uh, a good team, and and the Defenders. I, I think I'm right when I say this. Yeah, it's DC. A pretty good team. So yeah, DC, DC Defender, right? Yeah, yeah. So, and he's the backup quarterback there. You know, and he he uh, he got in. He made a few plays, and I was happy for him. Man, the kid just loves to play football. So anytime he has an opportunity to play, he's gonna he's gonna line up and he's gonna play, man. There you go, Dan Holgerson, coach of Houston, living the dream. Although he did say in the middle of the interview, he's like, yeah, we'll see what happens because it's a big jump up to the Big 12 and, and all of that money, if people don't know, when conferences expand, sometimes your uh, your monies are kind of sent to you on a graduation scale. So you may not get all the money the first couple of years. So we'll see what Houston is going to do. Uh, in the end, it's a great thing because they're going to get a ton of funding. We're going to talk to Andy Katz in just a couple minutes. Andy, of course, longtime college basketball expert. And I wanted to talk about some of the breaking news with the coaches and NIL and also talk about the Pac-12, what's going to happen with San Diego State and maybe with Las Vegas. Uh, The trip all brought to you by uh, this trip to Houston on the Final Four. Paul Padalaw, it's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. Andy Katz on the way. So he'll get us ready for the Final Four. Yep, San Diego State is here. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Willie G. Ramirez or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. You have also brought to you by our friends at CDW for cloud mobility, security, and data center solutions. Turn to CDW, people who get it. We got to talk to a college basketball insider. We love the sport, but this guy's got his uh, ear to the ground. Andy Katz has been covering uh, nationally college basketball for a long time, but also has really deep roots in the West, in New Mexico and Fresno, and certainly has seen the rise of 
San Diego State. And considering where these guys were back in 99-2000, Andy, this is, it's pretty nuts to see him here in the Final Four. The Fisher-Dutcher remake is one of the better rebuilding jobs of any program anywhere in the country. That's crazy because they're not just competitive, they're dominant in what I think is a pretty good conference around the Mountain West, a hard travel conference, and every year they're dominant. They, I mean, the UNLV rivalry now is ridiculous. They've, UNLV's lost 20 of 22 to San Diego State. Well, and what people don't realize, if they haven't been there, is, for example, and I know they've switched up the way they do it scheduling-wise, but when I was covering it, Colorado State-Wyoming was a trip. And so you'd go at altitude, you would deal with crazy weather, that road from Fort Collins to Laramie on I-25 sometimes would be closed, and so that would be an issue. Sometimes the refs couldn't get there. Um, That was an exhaustive travel weekend, and I know it's even more expansive now with Boise, um, you know, at the, you know, way up in Idaho, but at the same time, um, you know, to get sweeps on the road was really difficult. Let's talk more about San Diego State in terms of the culture they've built and the kind of teams they have, because essentially it's the same team every year. And I, I think the buy-in to play defense is incredible. Yeah, I, I mean... The well, by the way, th- with transfers a lot of times. These, yes. these guys, are they're old, but a lot of them are two- and three-year transfers. And a lot of transfers come in and they're like, wait, what, D? I got to play a lot of defense or I don't play? Yeah, yeah. that's the way it works. The, the crazy thing is that um, what, what's really funny is... This isn't their best team. I mean, we know they had Kawhi Leonard, uh, and I'm, I actually was at, I was at Viejas for one of those unbelievable uh, San Diego State BYU games when Jimmer was playing for BYU. And you talk about rivalries, the UNLV BYU rivalry. When I, I mean, that was a that was a rivalry. Um, they didn't like each other, um, and BYU can be polarizing. I know that, but at the same time, um, this team isn't the most talented they've had by far. The 2020 team, had there been a tournament, that team was steamrolling into the NCAA tournament, and maybe that team could have gotten to a Final Four, and that year it would have been in Atlanta. Um, so this team, though, I feel like is, is as connected as any team they've had in the past. And you're exactly right in talking to the players on Thursday. Um, they were saying, look, if you don't defend, you're not playing. And what's good about every time San Diego State plays is they know they can count on their defense. They're going to go through scoring droughts, but they can count on their defense. No doubt. San Diego State at the Final Four. Uh, Andy Katz, a national expert, but covered a lot of basketball, as he said, in the WAC and the the Pacific time zone, mountain time zone. What's going to happen now? Is this a springboard for San Diego State to go to the Pac-12? This thing has been so quiet. Like, we're leaning on Wilner and Canzano, and then you don't really hear anything else. Uh, I'm not going to name names, but I see guys in the Midwest report on it. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a mouthpiece for the Big 12, just to bust chops. But, like, what are you hearing? Is this, is this imminent? I mean, certainly this run is not going to hurt San Diego State chances to get into the Pac-12. Well, clearly the factors at work are their television deal. Who's going to sign up for whatever the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever it's going to become? Um, is it Amazon? Is it ESPN? Is it Fox? Is it a combination of all of them? Um, does Peacock get involved? Does Apple? Uh, you know, so all that still is TBD. But in my conversations, I know that the schools, especially the Arizonas, assuming they're in, and there's a big assumption here, but assuming they're in, they want some sort of presence in Southern California. And we know that Stanford and Cal don't necessarily deliver the Bay Area. They are physically in the Bay Area, but it's a Niners town. Uh, Giants, Warriors, excuse me, Niners and Warriors, Giants, 
Um, you know, obviously the A's are lower down, Sharks and all that, but it's a pro town. And whereas when USA foot, USC football, US, UCLA basketball, you can get in L.A. And so I'm not saying San Jose State delivers L.A., but at least delivers the teams to L.A., Southern California area, SoCal, and that, you know, that, that's important for recruiting and for the brands. Andy Katz is with us here on ESPN Las Vegas. Do you believe they're going out of the region and going to the central time zone to get Dallas and SMU, or is there a chance that it's Boise or Fresno or Las Vegas, UNLV? Um, well, the one thing I will say that this will be a, a little bit of a hard pill to swallow, um, and I can't recite the academics. Um, I just know that, the, that Cal and Stanford – and I know this from when I covered Fresno State, the UCs and Stanford, you know, they don't view the state system as equals. And obviously they're not. Um, they take more commuter students. The academic standards are a little lower. So they're going to have to get over that hill. Okay. But the way they get over that hill is you got to do something. Right. And so you got to add someone. So is that San Diego State and Fresno? Um, you know, it's not San Jose State. I don't think the Bay Area would, I don't think Cal and Stanford would allow that um, because they're right there and they, and they don't need them. So does that happen? Um, you know, the Boise example, I think the window has changed. Obviously their football program, you know, is still good, but it's not what it was. And, you know, so I, they're not as attractive as they once were. The Dallas thing with SMU, again, you're not delivering Dallas because SMU doesn't deliver Dallas, but do you feel like you need to be in the state of Texas? Do they want to move in that direction? Uh, I'm not quite sure. And then the Vegas part, you know, a lot of people in Vegas are like, hey, Pac-12, pals, you have your events here. You love us, we love you. Let's go. Bank on some upside. That's the one that really is a head scratcher um, because I've always wondered why UNLV has not been at the top of the list. Um, clearly, they have been for professional sports. Now we see it for the NCAA, with the regional, with the Final Four coming. Um, I do think, look, you live there. So I think the program needs something to infuse, you know, some impetus to say, hey, look, we're in this league. Let's step it up. Um, status quo clearly is not working. Um, and they need to, you know, obviously it took forever. The whole Sam Boyd Stadium was an issue. Yep. I don't have to tell you that. Uh, so, but everyone loves to come to Vegas. Uh, summer League, All-Star Game. Um, clearly pro sports are now coming. I think more will come. So clearly, you know, and, and, and the other factor is, I always butcher his name, George. Klyavkov. Klyavkov, <laughs> yeah, thank you. I think that's it. Okay, Klyavkov. <laughs> I'll butcher for you lives there and there's an indication he's moving so not that you have to have your home office be your office but uh in this new era of hybrid work uh and remote um but he's there last 40 seconds you're doing sidelines at the final four to you like what's what's the story what's the best story individual story that you're like hey i want to make sure i cover this during the games well there's no question the hurley angle yeah. uh is the overriding one um comes from a basketball family, his father, Hall of Fame, high school coach. Every coach, I think, has recruited 
in Jersey City in some form or fashion over the last 30 years. Um, and so that name means something. Uh, obviously, Bobby Hurley won championships as a player. Neither Hurley and their younger coaching careers, not age-wise, but they haven't been coaching as head coaches for that long um, in the big scheme of things. This is the Holy Grail. Yep. And if they get national championship within that family, to me, that's, that's the story. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Adam Hill is here. It's Cofield. Willie's hanging out at our Friday spot, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar in Vegas, right on the Strip. Um, the Vegas Strip is crazy. We'll tell you what's going on here in just a couple minutes in H-Town. Right now, downtown is is pretty nuts. That was one of my, one of my favorite moments the last couple of days. I really enjoyed talking to Bill Walton. We can break that interview down here in a second, but... Uh, Menzies coming over. We haven't had a chance to talk to Menzies since um, he was let go by UNLV. And uh, Tubby Smith's just awesome. And that's really one of the themes here. I don't think people realize that the Final Four, they have the coaches convention. And from top to bottom, it's legends who are you know sort of out of the sport as coaches but still contributing. And then the high-level coaches, the mid-majors, the assistant coaches, guys aspiring to move up through all these levels. So it was really good to, uh, good to uh, speak to Menzies and Joe Esposito, who, of course, uh, both of them are at uh, UMKC, the KC Ruse, as Menzies is running that program with Joe Esposito, our basketball insider. Not anymore. He's, he's coaching. Uh, but good times, still, good times. Still our basketball insider. Bill Walton interview a little earlier in the hour. That Tarkanian story at the end, Willie, was that not dynamite? That Tark is coaching at Pasadena Community College, and he's trying to recruit 15-year-old Bill Walton to a community college. That reminds, yeah, it reminds me how you recruited me. You just kept poking me in the chest. Well, the first time we met, I just gave you a look, and I was like, what a, down, yeah. Yeah, what a jerk. I can't believe he's got that seat. Yeah, get out. Go upstairs. And then, and then look, you turned the tables last week. I was upstairs for uh, the uh, Sweet 16, and you were courtside. Yeah, and we had five seats for Lotus Broadcasting. I should have told you. Five seats for Lotus, 17 for the RJ. Three. What are you going to do? <laughs> three. AP? They, uh, they, the greatest was they go, yeah, we couldn't do more than two for AP downstairs. Okay. Cool. It's all right. I hung with JVT and Here we, we go. had a good time. Talk some about you two. Uh, John actually sat right next to us on the, uh, the second yeah. row on the floor. He had beautiful seats. Night two at the Sweet 16. Night two, I was on the floor. Okay. I didn't see you. Yeah. I think Jordan McCabe took your seat night one. It's true. He's working for Bleacher Report. He took, he took AP second seat. He probably did. It was fun. Yeah, Bill Walton's awesome. I mean, his his celebration of life every time he talks to you. And his, you know, when he first started talking to us, I was looking at him. I'm like, yeah, Bill's getting a little bit older. And then he starts reeling off the freaking, like, 1968, right. uh, you know, San Diego Rockets. And I was like, what, what, is, what is happening here? The greatest was is when he's talking about something, and then he gives you a little – History, like he's you know Vieja Serena, and then he talks about the tribe, and then he, and then he comes back. But he's got a background on everything that he talks about. He's got a little bit of he's got a sidebar. It's, it's great. And let me tell you, folks, when you listen to former athletes or hear them, well, I guess listening here is the same thing. Where we see them on TV, and you're like, wow, that that's not this person's not very good. They don't sound very prepared. Bill Walton was sitting here with like five pages of handwritten notes. I don't think we could read them. 
But no. he started to, he just started rattling off stuff. He's got his note that he's thinking about he it. Had he's, them. He's, he's sharp as a freaking tack. He had them, but he didn't need them. He didn't right. need them. He and I would them. and I would imagine by by the time he got to I don't know what time you guys talked to him because yeah. like I said, the, like a little bit of the San Diego State Bat with the fourteen grandchildren and who went where. Like I heard that this morning, so it was kind of cool because ah, yeah, I mean, come on. No, but with the you're good ruined, thing, you're, you're I'm not ruining it because okay. if you'd let me finish, what's great about it Ours is he's got he knows what he's going to talk about, but you get a little bit different because it's like telling a story. And it's not embellishment. It's just you get a different angle. You get a different vibe. So to hear it two different times, but it, there's, you know, there's just it, – it's always it's, – it's like watching a show and then watching it a second time because you might miss something, and then you pick this up. So it, it was good. It was, it was fantastic. Pulled out the Holden Caulfield. Not bad. Yeah. One of your closest relatives. Yeah, I didn't know where that was going. I just let him go. Just let him talk. That's what you He's do. great. His stories are awesome. Why did you sit around and complain about him being a bad interview? I did. I did not. I, did, I knew. Why I, didn't you? Oh, like everyone else. Yeah, they were all kind of shocked that their shows got taken over. I'm like, just go. Yeah, you just wind him up and let him. You don't even need yeah. to wind him up. Just let him go. Listen, these uh, our Vegas shows, if you want to go back you know, far enough, uh, we would have Don King on, Willie. And uh, Don King didn't need more than three questions in 15 minutes. He was going to go. I have bad news for you. What? Angel Reese. Come on! Has a triple they didn't double. come back. The Tigers are now up 70 to 62 with 340 left. What the? And I'm not. 13 0 run for LSU. Oh. Mulkey just looked into the TV camera, said, Cofield. Yep. Did she give, did she give one of the blank U signs to me? Yeah. No. No. Do we, can we get in the bag? We got the bag ready to go? There you Take go. Take your hand in there, Dave. Um, I'm really disappointed to hear about the uh, Knights. I mean, good for uh, Jalen McClendon, who's going to get the chance to start a quarterback. But uh, Luis Perez got dealt. Can I tell you? Can I? Uh, the, what did I say? The Knights, the Vipers, yes. the Vipers, Viper. I can't keep track anymore. The Nighthawks. So many teams. <laughs> I am so disappointed. I, w- I had big plans for Luis Perez in a couple of weeks. You know, the NCAA Women's Bowling Championships are here in Vegas. Oh, I'm aware. South Point. At right? the South Point. Yeah. And I was like, I am going to line up so many bowling experts. And go hardcore. I love bowling. And I was so like, we, we have. On, he's on uh, Austin or something. That's a good point, actually. I think the XFL. Arlington. Yeah, Arlington. XFL will be like, yeah, you can talk to him. I, I, I want to get his expertise. The guy's a great bowler. JVT and I will be breaking down the odds on Monday for that. Nice. Nice. All right, Willie, we appreciate you, uh, man in the uh, the set there at Golden Circle. Yeah. Sports By the way, bar. there's a, there's a Houston Oiler uh, helmet in the bar. Just, just nice. figured. I, I think that's a Houston Oiler uh, helmet. Anyway, thanks to Westwood One for having us here on Radio Row, and uh, most thanks to Paul Padilla and also Finley Subaru, Subaru of Las Vegas. Adam, thanks for coming down for the day. We'll see you and check out the podcast page, lvsportsnetwork.com, or my Twitter page for all of these interviews on replay and many more.